0: The free-for-all roundtable.
1: Brought to you by Lexus Vaughan, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury
2: is
0: closer than you think. Round one.
2: I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore. And joining me on the panel today, Faz Bednar, Executive Director of the MPP and Digital Society at McMaster University. Toronto lawyer Courtney Betty at Betty's Law. And Mark Tui, who you frequently hear uh, as a fill-in here on News Talk 1010. So let me start with you, Mark, on this from your uh, political experience and background. Yesterday, the Liberals kept the Scarborough seat. We just met the new MPP moments ago, but they also picked up the seat from the Conservatives in the Ottawa area. So uh, are the Liberals on, on the rise?
1: Uh, the liberal brand is still alive, which is uh, not surprising in that, uh, you know, it's done so well federally. And there's a place for the liberals in the political spectrum in Ontario. I think the challenge, though, and you heard it when you uh, spoke with the candidate from, or in fact, out uh, the M, the soon to be MPP from Scarborough Guildwood. Uh, I don't think the Liberals have yet figured out who they are and what they are. Uh, you know, her her priorities, as she articulated them, sounded like they came right out of the NDP playbook, and uh, I think that is reflective of how far Kathleen Wynne took the Liberal Party to the left, and I think that is the existential threat for the Liberal Party right now. I don't think they know what it means to be a Liberal. That's something that they have to figure out. And the process of electing a new leader will be part of that process, I guess, in terms of articulating what does it mean to be a Liberal at the provincial level in Ontario. That remains to be seen.
2: Well, Vaz, uh, do you agree? Are the Liberals lost in the wilderness? And is uh, maybe the current mayor of Mississauga
0: going to lead them out? I mean, maybe the current mayor who also uh, seems a little bit aligned with uh, some some liberal policies, too. I, I don't know if it's about brand. I mean, I think that the narratives right now are very kind of NDP-esque, but that's also because the NDP are doing a poor job of, art- I think, of articulating policies that truly align with their politics, which creates space for the liberal brand, too.
2: Okay, uh, well, Courtney Betty, would you uh, would you bet on the Liberals in the next provincial election?
3: Well, I don't know if I'd bet on them, Jerry. But the very fact that they did win a seat without a leader from a in, in a in a conservative riding to me says a lot about potentially, um, you know, Doug Ford's brand. I think it may say more about Doug Ford's brand than it actually says about the Liberal brand right now because they actually don't have a brand. Um, and it's all going to depend on, you know, the the new leader, how that new leader is able to redefine the party, because right now it, it, it is undefined. But I think it says more about the... The conservatives uh, this victory than it does about the liberals
2: okay uh, but just a little follow-up question on that for all three of you and maybe Vass I'll start with you Bonnie Crombie apparently is really outraising everybody in terms of the funds she's the one with seemingly the name recognition to run the the liberal party I thought they'd have more of a comeback by now um, do do you uh, do you, would you be surprised if she doesn't emerge as the leader
0: Would I be surprised if she doesn't emerge? You know, I still think people are, the party itself is probably sort of waking up. Lots of people are on the sidelines. Many members have been dormant. People could be energized. There could be a surge and she, uh you know the second contender nate also has or second right now i guess has similar name recognition and kind of established chops as a politician so maybe it's all about how they're positioning themselves in the current landscape between uh, across the province
1: mark what do you think uh, leaderships come down to the ground game. It's all about how much money you can raise. If Bonnie Crombie continues to outraise everybody else, she'll win this with a landslide because she'll raise that money by selling uh, memberships and by growing the membership base. And if she can get those people to vote for her, as is usually the case, then she should be the leader in a shoe-in.
2: All right. Well, they clearly need somebody right now, Courtney, who comes forth and, and is a brand, who articulates a brand. Maybe she can do that.
3: Well, she she, she could, uh, Jerry. And the other part of it is, you, you know, if you're going to try and go up against Doug Ford, you're really going to need someone who's able to step in the ring and punch very hard. Um, and so I think Bonnie Crombie Crum, is going to be – that kind of individual that's not gonna, you know, be looking to back down from uh, discussions with Doug Ford, and that's gonna be the, the where the liberals that are gonna need to succeed.
1: All right. I think the most interesting part of this, Jerry, is the fact that none of us are really talking about the NDP, who are the official opposition. And these are places where, you know, the Liberals won in Scarborough Guildwood on an NDP platform, essentially. The NDP didn't. Uh, And in a staunchly government town like Ottawa, where other capitals are sort of owned by union leaning parties, the NDP just barely showed.
2: Uh, now, here's a tweet the Toronto Police Association put out. In the last five days, we've had a police officer struck and injured by a stolen car, officers shot at, a police dog killed in the line of duty. Will Mayor Chow offer any words of condolence or support for our members? Courtney, was that a legitimate uh, thing for the Toronto Police Association to tweet, or does it make the police look a little bit weak? Like, we need we need the mayor to pat us on the
3: head. Well, I- it kind of you know there's always been this issue between uh the mayor and toronto police force in terms of whether or not the mayor uh is supportive enough but it's it's sort of now to in my view kind of pulling the swords out um just a little bit here and saying hey um this is not going to be a smooth ride um we're here you've got to take us into account I, i think that's more the message that's being sent vaz how do you react to that tweet
0: I thought it was you know a misfire a miscalculation um, there if you know this is truly their feeling then reaching out to the mayor's office having more dialogue of course these things may have happened but sort of going out on social media and complaining in that way are you really going to be satisfied now if you get a tweet from the mayor also isn't it an x now I have no idea but I just thought it was a little bit you know immature and disappointing to see but uh, yeah absolutely setting up for you know friction between this new mayor's office and the toronto police or at least the police association well i talked to the president of the
2: police association john reed uh earlier this hour um or at 705 this morning and uh mark i mean the the association knows they've got a mayor who's anti-police
1: yeah absolutely and she needs to address that if i was a member of the toronto police association i'd be embarrassed uh, by the tweet i mean it does sound as you characterized it uh and i'm not sure that's that's your belief but i mean it was whining it's like oh please somebody remember us and give us a hug uh you know most police officers that i know and i know quite a few would not they're not on that page uh they're as john reed uh, pointed out, like they're professionals, they're very good at it, but Chow has a problem. She needs to square the circle somehow because she needs to lead the city and in part of doing that is leading the civil service, including the police service. What she needs to do is reform uh, the appointments that the city makes to the Toronto Police Services Board to give it a little bit of teeth. She needs to not put on people who uh, hate the police, but to hold put on people who will hold the police accountable and demand better. And she can replace the chair of the police service I challenge anybody uh, to tell me what his name is because they're absent without leave. John Tory ruined the Police Services Board by uh, putting on it nothing but sock puppets, and that needs to change. They're supposed to be our representative governing the police service. All right. Now,
2: um, Ontario drivers of specific vehicles are getting letters from their insurance companies saying, hey, you need to put an anti-theft tracking device on your vehicle by the end of the month or your insurance premiums are going to go up. Uh, premiums. These are the cars that are most likely to be stolen. So, um, Courtney, Betty, if you were in the insurance business, would be, you be sending that letter out?
3: Well, I mean, they can. And that's why they do it. Um, but the reality of it is that, you know, many of these devices, many of the cars right now, um, potentially, are, you know, especially the electronic ones, are much more open to, be, to being stolen. So at the same time, it's great that they're sending it out to the drivers. But I think at some point, the manufacturers of these vehicles should have known um, that, uh, that, that this deficiency was possible. And I think there is a lawsuit, actually, that's been filed in the States by, uh, by uh, individuals that have challenged uh, the fact that the manufacturers built these cars. That were amenable to be stolen.
2: All right. Now it costs about four hundred bucks plus tax to put this uh, device on. Apparently, some of the insurance companies' fast are offering to pay for that. You do it up front, and then you'll be reimbursed by the insurance company. It would be cheaper per unit, uh, as I think Courtney's kind of suggesting. It maybe they just started installing this stuff as a part of the vehicle.
0: Well, I think it's a little bit tricky, right? It's kind of an enforced surveillance. It's a it's a fake choice, right? Um, as is the software that we are seeing more and more on cars that has tracking and you know Your car companies want you to have that turned on um, They say it's for your safety It's also for them to know lots about you and sort of have more information Basically about where you go and how you drive and how you drive can also be shared with your insurance company So, you know, this doesn't stop theft actually this could determine theft, fine if people know they're there, but it just makes it easier to recover a vehicle or part of a vehicle. So I do think we have to be pretty cautious. I'd be interested in what the Privacy Commissioner has to say uh, about this and uh, really, really cautious. Um, I don't own a car that I think anyone would want or have need a tracker, Um, but it's definitely something to keep our eyes on.
2: Yeah, well I was kind of joking, but it was only kind of joking earlier this morning, Mark, when I (laughs) said I may be looking for a vehicle in the fall and maybe I'll just get it. an old gremlin or something that nobody wants to steal. But I would think the manufacturers of the vehicles that are of such high theft uh, risk would be worried about this because, quite frankly, when I
1: do go to buy a vehicle, I'm going to take a look at what is most stolen and maybe avoid those. Yeah, absolutely. The insurance, this is a smart play by the insurance industry, but they need to take it a couple of steps further. I mean, even if you locate the car in Ontario where that's been stolen, we know that there are no police to go get it. So the idea that uh, this is going to recover more cars kind of moot. where the the insurance industry needs to do two things. It has leverage here. It should go to the car manufacturers and say, look, we're going to jack up the insurance rates on the cars that you sell unless you do something to make them harder to steal and then they should take some of this money that they're willing to put into this because they are still making profits and they should fund police services to have extra even if they're paid duty cops and private investigators to go round up all these cars that they find
0: Mm. Well, uh, uh, well, go ahead. I worry that the next thing, I'm sorry, I worry that the next thing is, you know, just this casual little tiny few cameras inside our car, just like Amazon drivers do some cameras inside. We have cameras outside our car, right? Just to help us back up or see if we're close to anything. And that's where kind of my worry is where it's like, yeah, there's a trade off. Sure. It might be, it might help (laughs) in, in these certain instances, but it hurts in other ways too.
2: Is this a bad idea, Courtney? I'll sleep in a rocking chair on the porch with a shotgun.
3: Well, you know, um, I think I was right. The, the, the real issue here is this issue of privacy. And I mean, I had my vehicle stolen. And I had to get it replaced. And the insurance company said, well, if you put a Shragon device, we'll offer you lower insurance. And I really had to think about the policy and the privacy aspect of it before I declined. Oh, you did decline. Yeah, I did decline.
2: I know, but you're a lawyer, that. so you'll just pay the extra fees because what do you care? Well, I don't think it's
3: going to happen, Jerry. They haven't reached out to me yet.
2: All right. That's Courtney Betty, along with Vaz Bednar and Mark Tuwi. Thanks to all three of you. This is News Talk 1010.